Welcome to the Time Out with Josh podcast. I uh, appreciate you guys being here today um, and listening in. You guys are phenomenal and amazing. I am back. I am fucking back from that COVID bullshit. I got hit with COVID a couple of days after Christmas and have been out of commish. And uh, yeah, it's been fucking fantastic. It's been great. Um, did force me to take a break. And I, I'm not going to lie. It was a much needed break. Um much need a break. Got the creative juices flowing again. Um, got uh, got all that stuff going. So um, we're back here on the Time Out with Josh podcast. We're relaxing. We're chilling. We're talking. We're having a good time. So um, I will say this. I will say this. We're going to put this out there uh, that we are still looking for sponsors. Um, if you want to be a sponsor of this fantastic podcast and you want to uh, to put your information out there, you know, if you're an influencer, if you own a company, um, whatever the case may be, and you want to broadcast your information, fucking jump on it. Jump on it. Send us a message at uh, at the Time Out with Josh podcast on Instagram. Shoot us a message. Say, hey, Josh, I want to be a sponsor. I, I want to sponsor your show and um, and and help keep you on the air. And we will definitely work something out. Also, also be looking for it, y'all. Be freaking looking for it. We're about to go ballistic on YouTube. We're going to go on YouTube. We're going to be on the tubes for live. We are going to be on there live on YouTube doing that thing where we broadcast the podcast on there and you can see it there. So when we talk about visual stuff here in the studio or we want to show you stuff or we have guests or you just have a desire to look at this ugly mug, you can find it on YouTube. So make sure you go over to YouTube, subscribe. It is a blank channel as of right now. We're going to be putting up videos. We're going to be putting up promos. We're going to be putting up all the stuff. So make sure you go and check it out. So I'm going to preface this live, first of all, by saying, and we got to be, we got to be, you know, real about it. Uh, This is going to be, a adults only podcast. All right. So if you're underage, get out. Um, this one you cannot listen to. I'm sorry. Um, we, you know, we, we do that every now and then here on this podcast and we, we, um, we have, you know, topics that are adult oriented every now and then. And this is one of them. This is definitely one of them. So if you are underage, please, if you're under the age of 18 years old, Please see yourself to the door. We love you, but this is not for you. Um, This podcast is going to be around uh, the BDSM lifestyle, kink, BDSM, all that other fun stuff. So we're going to talk about it. And the reason we're going to talk about it is it's been brought up multiple times um, to me that this needs to be discussed. Now, it hasn't been like, Josh, you need to talk about this and address this. I'm talking like, People have messaged me, people have contacted me via my Instagram, etc. And they've said, hey, we want you to talk about BDSM lifestyle. So we're going to dive into it. 
Um, for those of you who are unaware of what BDSM lifestyle is, it's uh, BDSM stands for bondage, domination, um, and well, let's g g tell you what. Let's just do this. Let's just do this. Let's go and look up the actual definition as stated. It is a subculture. It's a practice of consensually tying, binding, or restraining a partner for erotic, aesthetic, or uh, uh, samosensory simulation. A partner may be physically restrained in a variety of ways, including the use of ropes, cuff, bondage, tape, self-adhering bandages, etc. Bondage does not necessarily imply sadomasochism, which is part of the definition. Um, it may be used uh, as the end in itself, as in the case of rope bondage, breast bondage, etc., or or play. Um, but uh, BDSM is bondage, domination, sadomasochism. That's what it is. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with what those are, let's dive into it. So bondage, pretty obvious. Domination, um, as far as dominant um, or submissive, um, some people listed as submissive. I mean, the variation of the definition from group to group or type of person is a little bit uh, different for each each person. But basically, the idea of sadomasochism is the kind of the overall idea. So um, when we talk about bondage, we're talking about, you know, ropes, um, you know, decorative bondage like, uh, uh, you know, um, silks and, and ribbons and things like that. Uh, torture bondage, film bondage, um, it's aesthetic purposes only, it's light bonding, um, meditative bondage, uh, metal bondage, you know, using chains. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things that can be used uh, and, and it can be in a different way. So you're looking at gags, you're looking at um, ties, you're looking at ropes, um, you know, anything that would create a restriction of movement. That's the best way to put it. Now, if it comes down to using ropes and all those type of things, make sure you educate yourself on them. Um, using, you know, wraps and plastics and things like that can cause um, physical harm if not used properly. Um, you know, using metal can cause physical harm. Using rope can cause physical harm. Make sure that you're, they're being used in the right aspects um, on the person's body. And we'll get into get into more of that as we continue on in this conversation. Um, sadism. Um, if you're not familiar with a, what a sadist is or a mascus is, a mascus is uh, by definition, a person that derives sexual gratification for their own, uh, from their own pain or humiliation. A sadist is a person that inflicts that. Um, so the difference between the two of them, basically mascosum is defined as that enjoyment derived from suffering. While a sadist is inflicting, physical or psychological pain upon another person. Um, again, keep in mind, guys, within the BDSM culture, within the BDSM lifestyle, this is consensual. That is the big key. It's consensual. A sadist that is is doing something that's not consensual is, is wrong. Um, that is wrong. In the BDSM kink lifestyle, somebody who says, I am a masochist and I want you to treat me as such is someone who is saying, I am a consent. I am telling you it's okay to put me down to cause pain, etc. And again, that's where safe words come into play. And we'll talk about safe words. We'll talk about after play, um, or aftercare rather, um, after your playtime. Um, uh, a sadist is someone who is saying, Hey, I, I get joy from inflicting physical or psychological pain upon another person. 
for the purpose of achieving sexual excitement. Okay, so that's that's where your sadomasochism comes into place. Um, the domination is it's simply that. What is a dominant? A dominant is a person that is the the person by simple simplicity of definition without going into great detail on it is a person that controls the situation um, or the playtime between a dom and a sub and there's switches. All right. So you have doms, you have subs, you have switches. Switches are those that go back and forth. They can either be a sub or they can be a dom during that playtime. They pick, okay, I'm going to be a sub and I allow you to do things to me, or I'm going to be a dom, and I'm going to do those things to you. And then there's brats, there's primals, there's there's so many aspects and so many facets of this that is individual to each couple and to each um, person during that dynamic that is very specific. So um, it's going to be really difficult to encompass all of this in an hour but this is simply just an introduction to that. It's a it's a true introduction, and I have more information on my Patreon about this, and um, and we can talk more about it on there to avoid, um, you know, issues and whatnot like that through the podcast, um, and and keep that exclusive to them. You can you can, you know, dive into more during a private thing versus a public forum like this podcast. So. If you look into BDSM and you're you're talking about BDSM as a whole and what it means, um, Webster Merriam-Webster's dictionary describes it as a sexual activity involving such practices as the use of physical restraints and the granting and relinquishing of control and infliction of pain. It refers to a range of sexual preferences that generally relate to the enjoyment of physical control, psychological control, and or pain. It can be broken down into six overarching components, bondage and discipline, domination and submission, sadism and masochism. So again, bondage and discipline, domination and submission, sadism and masochism. That's why when you talk to people within the BDSM lifestyle, depending on what it means to them and their dynamic, you're going to get something of that six different categories. Okay. The, the overarching components. Um, as far as <clears throat> Excuse me. As far as the bondage and discipline, domination and submission, sadism, masochism, bondages and disciplines consist of using physical or psychological restraints. Domination and submission involves an exchange of power and control, and sadism and masochism refers to the taking pleasure in another um, person's own pain or humiliation. Those who practice BDSM may identify with one or more in any combination of these components. Like I said. Whatever one thinks of BDSM, given the pain intensity associated with it, it certainly does not come across as a stress-reducing activity. That is key. To most outsiders, there wouldn't uh, there wouldn't appear to be anything relaxing about whips and handcuffs. Okay, that's that's what I want to really bring out to you guys is that in within the um, within the within the lifestyle, somebody from the outside who does not understand what sadism, masochism, bondage, domination, um, mean they're, they're going to get lost. They're going to say, Whoa, that's controlling. That's manipulative. That's abusive guys. It is not that way. If done properly, it is not that way. If respect, communication, trust, honesty, all come into play. So let's talk about the things that are critical to BDSM. 
One is communication, period. Communication has to be respectful. It has to be two-way street. It has to go back and forth. It has to be respectful. And I will reiterate that time and time and time again. It has to be respectful. You have to look at that other person. You have to say, hey, when you bring up a kink or a fantasy to me, I am not going to laugh at it. We are going to communicate about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to discuss what you desire, what you enjoy, what you don't like, your boundaries, etc. And we're going to abide by that. So within that communication, you have to set your full goes, your full sins. These are the things that I am all about. I am okay with doing X, Y, Z. These are the things that I'm not okay with. These are hard boundaries. These are things that I will never do. I will not consider these things are psychologically scary for me. They're damaging, um, whatever the case may be, right? They're, you know, like I cannot deal with X, Y, Z. I cannot have you put your hands around my neck. I cannot have you do whatever it is, okay? For the most part, I will tell you from my experience, for the most part, it is easier to actually discuss the hard boundaries and the soft boundaries than it is to discuss the full goes. Usually a conversation is much easier to say, okay, these are the things I don't do. These are the things I will think about doing, but I'm not sure about. And then everything else you discuss, those are, that's the easiest way to approach it, uh, approach the conversation. So you set your hard boundaries. These are the no-goes. Your soft boundaries are things that you may be curious about or maybe interested in, have not tried, or you have tried, but the partner you were with maybe did not understand them well enough and, and you're kind of turned off to them somewhat, but you're still open to possibly doing them. Okay. These are things where you go, you know what? Uh, we'll take it slow. We'll take it real slow and we'll use our safe word if it goes too far or whatever the case may be. Your full goes, full sins are things that you're all about. Now within that, you then have to have what I said was the safe word. And a safe word can be any word that is not associated with play. You don't want to use a word that would be misconstrued or can, you know, it come across as something that is a question. So for instance, don't use the word stop. Don't use the word I'm done. Um, the reason for that is if depending on the play that you're in, if you're a brat, if you're, you know, if you're saying, oh no, please stop, please stop that person's going to continue going because general rule of thumb within the community, that is an indication of, you know, oh, please stop. I don't want to do this. It could be in the CNC play. It could be, you know, in consensual, non-consensual play. Um, it could be any of those categories where the that's seen as playfulness. That's seen as, no, keep going. Um, I'm telling you to stop, but I want you to keep going. You want to use things that are not common. A lot of people make jokes about it. Pineapple being one of them. <laughs> that seems to be the funny one. Uh, you know, you can use food words like rigatoni. Or you can use things like superhero names like Iron Man or something like that. Use something that you know is not going to be used within normal play. Okay? That's what you want to that's what you want to use. So you get your safe word established so that when you are doing that those soft boundary things, you're 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 pushing the envelope with the soft boundary things, and the person says, pineapple, we're gonna use pineapple because it's funny. Um they say pineapple, you know, to stop. Um, 
everybody stops. Everything comes to a full stop at that point. No, no more of that action takes place, period. Everything comes to a stop. Everything stops. There's no more physical, uh, no more physicality. Conversations start at that point, etc. Okay. Now, I always suggest to have three words. And the reason for the three is because one of them does not break the mood. It, it tells the person to keep going, to do what they're doing more, to, to intensify the situation. So that's a green word. Then you have a yellow word, which is, hey, I need you to slow down. I need you to lighten up. I need you to um, you know, come off of the aggression a little bit, um, whatever the case may be. Okay, keep in mind, these are words that are both used by the dom and the sub. Um, you know, you want to continue doing the action and you're making sure that it's okay. You know, like, are we green? Um, you know, being, do you want more? Um, usually a green word is, is not as high of a priority. Um, but it does help. The yellow word is, is very important because what the, what the sub is saying or the person acting in the sub aspect is saying is, hey, what you're doing is great. Um, I'm enjoying it, but it's a little too intense. Um, whether it's, you know, physical or psychologically intense. Okay. And then your red word is the complete full stop. Okay. Just as important as it is to have the safe words. It's also important for aftercare. Aftercare is a practice of checking in with the other one after the scene or play session, the, the BDSM activity is to make sure that all parties feel nice and chill about what just went down. The reason for that is every Dom and every sub in a play scene gets what they call Dom drop or sub drop. Okay. Dom drop and sub drop are when your endorphins, the adrenaline, everything is coming down. So if you are a runner, if you're an exerciser, if you go to the gym or if you do physical things, you go skydiving, whatever, you get that adrenaline rush, right? You get that good endorphin feeling. You get what they call like a runner's high. So you have that, you have the same thing that's happening within BDSM. You get caught up in it. You're having a great time. You're in a different headspace. And when you get done, the headspace comes down, the endorphins come down, the adrenaline comes down and you, you come out of that, that headspace and you go into a drop and the aftercare helps to prevent that and helps to soften that. Okay. So afterwards, the Dom may need X, Y, Z to ensure that they're okay. So the sub you know, says, Hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. I enjoy that. They wrap up in a blanket. Um, you drink a certain drink, um, you know, Gatorade, Powerade, water. Um, you eat certain foods, chips, uh, cookies, crackers, candy, whatever it is. Those are things that allows that person to calm down. You know, they may have a stuffed animal or a big fuzzy blanket that they enjoy or whatever the case may be, but those are things that you can do. Um, I also encourage communication. Um, where the Dom, you know, is told, Hey, what you did is what I enjoyed. The sub is told, Hey, you did a good job. I appreciate what you're doing. Things like that, because those are all reassuring things that helps that person from getting into a bad place. Okay. And then we're going to talk about the Dom and sub here. The DS or Dom sub refers to as submission or Dom, um, refers as dominant. Um, this is kind of the, the crux of the BDSM relationship. Um, 
and and you can you will find that you yourself may be on a spectrum of that. The easy way to find out if you're not really sure what you are and you're not really confident what you are, you're new to the community, um, is to take bdsmtest.org. Go to bdsmtest.org and take the long quiz. Don't take the DOM quiz or the sub quiz. Take the long quiz. Figure out where you are because people can be on the spectrum of that, okay? You may have somebody who is more dominant, but they're not, that's not their strong suit. They are dominant, but they're not controlling dominant. They're not high level dominant. They may be a daddy dom. They may be a pleasure dom. They may be a primal dom. Um, you, you know, things like that. You may have a sub that's more towards the brat side than they are towards a sub side. You may have somebody that's more of a masochist sub or more of a sadist sub. You may have somebody that's more of a sadist dom or a masochist dom. You know, you have different variations. And the thing is, is as rare as some of these things may be like a masochist dom, um, you may be fitting into that category. So you have this spectrum. Okay. And when you are kind of an even keel of both, then you have what's called a switch. And, and that's what I was saying. When the person can be a Dom or they can be a sub, depending on the play situation, depending on who they're with. Um, and you're, you're not, there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. Keep that in mind. You may take the PDSM test and you may find out that you're more vanilla and that's perfectly fine. You may be more vanilla with a partner and with another partner, they may flip a switch inside of you and you may be more of a, um, more of, uh, you know, more of a dom, or you may be more of a sub with them, or you may enjoy certain activities with them that you may not have joy enjoyed with another partner. So I always encourage people take this test on a regular basis. Um, your moods at work, things that are happening in your life. Um, those can all change the way things, um, come across within the dom sub dynamic, right? So it is, in the DOM sub or switch dynamic, you're looking at something that is a power exchange. And when we say power exchange, it is truly an exchange. A DOM cannot be a DOM unless a sub allows them to dominate them. A DOM is given the privilege, is given the power, is given the ability, the consent to dominate the sub. Now, a sub cannot tell a dom, I want you to dominate me unless the dom is down for doing it with that sub. Okay. So if you are going into a dungeon or if you go into a community and you, you look up online, you join a community, you go to a group and you walk up to a guy and you, and, or you walk up to a girl and you say, Hey, are you a dom? And they say, yes. And you're like, well, I want you to be my dom. That doesn't mean anything. They have to have that connection with you. They have to have all those things. Just because you're a sub, you can't tell a dom to dominate you. Okay. Just as, just as much as a Dom can't go up to a sub and say, well, you're a sub, I'm going to dominate you. That it is an exchange. It's not a taking, it's an exchange. So keep that in mind. It's an exchange. The submissive gets set on their boundaries. Uh, they get to set their boundaries and they say, this is where my boundaries are. This is what I will do. This is what I won't do. Okay. The submissive gets to do that just as much as the Dom gets to. So the Dom may not be comfortable in doing certain things. So take, for instance, a uh, submissive likes to get slapped. Okay. They're a pain slut is kind of the coin term for that. They like to get slapped. They like to get hit. Um, 
and the Dom's like, you know what? I, I can do it all, but I'm not going to hit your face or I can do it all, but I'm not going to spank you. I'll, I'll use a whip. I'll use a flog. I'll use a crop. I'll use a cane. I'll use a spoon. I'll use all sorts of things, but I'm not going to use my physical hand. There's something with my physical hand that I can't do. Those are things that you have to set out. You have to set those boundaries. Okay. So now that we've covered that, you have various things in there. You have primals, you have brat queens, uh, you have brats, you have uh, pain sluts, you have, um, you have uh, roper or uh, riggers, sorry, you have rope bunnies, you have, again, the, the list is huge. I, I, again, encourage you guys to go to bscmtest.org and take it. Um, but then there's play within each one of those and understanding what your partner is. You're either in a relationship with a person and you're, you know, wanting to do this together. When I say relationship a romantic relationship, not just the dynamic, um, you know, you, you're discussing those things in a different way. Um, whereas if you are in a true dynamic and you only go to dungeons or you only have certain meetups at scheduled times, you may be under contract because it is very common for doms and subs to actually have contracts that, that set out very specifically what the boundaries are that set out very specifically what the no goes are like no intercourse, um, you know, whatever, it's just purely play or, you know, these are the boundaries and this is for how long we're going to do this. We're going to do this for six months or whatever the case may be. Those are all very common. Okay. And you have to set those boundaries. Now within a relationship, <coughs> usually a contract does not exist. Most of the time a contract does not exist because you're in a romantic relationship and you're doing this as an addition to your relationship, um, to intensify it. Okay. Now I will say this for those of you who are in a relationship and you are looking to intensify your relationship or you're in a dynamic and you've gone to a relationship side, you guys end up liking each other more than just the dynamic. You're going to have a huge level of communication. It's going to open up levels of communication that a lot of relationships, whether it's dynamic or an actual relationship goes, you will open up a huge level of communication with each other that is very unique to you. And it's very unique to the lifestyle. It's really, really cool. So I will encourage you guys to really, really dive into that. Keep in mind, guys, BDSM is not just about the physical aspect. It's not just about you having a physical, hypersexual, um, quasi-sexual or non-sexual just play relationship. It's not just about that. It's about the communication. It's about that person growing. So within this dom sub dynamic, for instance, a dom may tell his sub or her sub, I want you to journal. I want you to read this book. I want you to do X, Y, Z to help yourself. You know, you need to go to the gym three times a week. You know, it's accountability. Um, it's help and personal growth and things like that. Every dynamic is different. Y'all every dynamic is different. Every single one is different than the other. Just because Mary and Joe have this dynamic does not mean that works for yours. It is very fluid and it is very, very morphing. It morphs for each couple and it morphs and changes for each couple and depends on how they are 
as a couple and how they communicate and how they play and things that they're into. I know couples that have the master slave dynamic where the partner cannot change their hair color, cannot paint their nails, cannot dress a certain way or whatever without that master telling them, you know, the master will literally lay out their clothing for them every day. But the thing is, is some people are like, Oh my God, that's so controlling. It may be for you. hundred percent may be for you, but that's the dynamic that Dave agreed to. That's what they enjoy. That's something that they like. Um, keep that in mind. Okay. So it's not just the physical aspect. It's also the emotional and mental aspect that is hugely beneficial for everyone. And again, this lifestyle is not for everyone, y'all. It's not for everyone. All right. So we talked about aftercare. We talked about bondage a little bit. We're going to talk about that here in just a second, a little bit more. We talked about DOMS, subs, and switches and, and a few of those aspects and, and as well as safe words. So for bondage, tying someone up using handcuffs, Velcro, hooks, clasps, belts, ties, silks, um, ropes, whatever it is, you need to be careful. All right. You need to be careful. You need to understand the anatomy and physiology of a human being and you need to make sure that you're not causing physical damage to that person. Um, you know, using ropes, um, you have to be careful on pressure points. You have to be careful in those kind of things using, um, things around the neck. You have to be careful not to suffocate a person, um, you know, in breath play, if you're getting into breath play, which involves, um, limiting that person's ability to breathe, you need to be very, very cognizant and careful on how that person is breathing and how they're responding. Um, you know, the act of choking, all those kind of things. You need to be careful and understand those. Take it slow, be careful, use your safe words. All right. So within those, be careful about them, be meticulous, be slow. Don't rush any of this. Have fun, enjoy, and learn. That's what it's all about, okay? So then within the dynamics, you have like cuck holds. Um, this is a, a cuck um, is a person that is uh, traditionally is a man who enjoys um, submissive and erotic humiliation, watching another man have sex with their partner. Um, in a cuck hold scene, the man... Uh, the other man is invited to have sex or play with a partner. They're referred to as a bull usually. And female cucks are referred to as a cuck queen, but it's for all genders. Okay. It's all genders. You don't have to be a cuck to be one or the other. That's something that's, you know, goes into the masochism, sadism aspect of it. Um, edge play. It's um, depending on, you know, how it's done. Edge play is a little bit different for each person, but um, you know, blood or knife play, um, is something that's done again, having to be careful getting tested for SDIs, uh, sexually transmitted diseases or, or things like that. Um, you have to be very, very careful with that. Uh, foot fetishes, um, golden showers, um, which, you know, that's a hard no for a lot of people, for a lot of people it is, but it's there. Um, hard limits, making sure that your hard limits are, are, are truly respected, especially with things that are like that, like the impact play and bondage and knife play and, and edging someone and leather play and masochism and all that stuff, guys, you have to be very careful. Again, research this stuff. Again, a lot of this stuff I cannot, um, I cannot really go into heavily because of the podcast, um, and the nature of it. But again, being careful with that stuff, um, you know, denying, uh, denying coming to an orgasm. Um, you know, that's a, you know, bringing your sub on the, 
on the brink of it and then coming back. All these things are activities that are done within the lifestyle. Um, again, all requiring those safe words, all requiring it. Um, keep that in mind, y'all. Keep that in mind. All these activities, you have to have the safe words. You have to honor each other. You have to respect each other. Um, then we're, we're going to talk about this uh, a little bit because this one is one that, that came up a lot um, in questions and I've had in, in other formats and questioning is topping from the bottom. Um, so topping from the bottom refers to when a sub gets bratty and tries to control the scene, even though negotiations state that they shouldn't and that they should submit. Okay. Um, for example, a submissive, uh, a submissive male may, may start yelping at his, at his dominatrix, um, that she's not making him smell her feet like he wants. Um, you know, because he's a masochist and she's a sadist and she's dom and that's it. And it can be annoying, but it's part of the scene, right? So what they're doing is they're being a brat and they're, they're doing things to encourage what's referred to as punishment. They want more intensity. So they're, they're pressing a button in a respectful way. They're pressing a button on the Dom to make the Dom do more or harder or, or more intense than what they are doing. So that's what topping from the bottom is. A lot of people have asked that. That's what that is. It's very, very, very simple. Um, again, notice how, when I was referring to that, it is agreed upon, right? If, if a person says, Hey, I'm a, I'm a sub, but I have a tendency to top discuss what that means to them. Discuss what the scene looks like. There is everything about the BDSM lifestyle is about consent. And without that communication, it's going, it's going to go downhill. It's going to go downhill without the communication within the lifestyle. It's going to go downhill. You have to have it ladies and gentlemen alike. If you come across a Dom or a sub there are some big red flags right off the bat that you need to be aware of. You need to ask, what do you have safe words? Do you believe in afterplay or aftercare rather? I'm sorry, afterplay care or aftercare. Do you believe in communication? Do you believe in, in the hard nose, the boundaries? What are your hard boundaries? Those kind of questions are things that can raise red flags really quick. If the person says, no, I don't believe in safe words, get out. If the person says, no, I don't do aftercare, get out. If the person says, oh, aftercare is for pussies, get out. If the person says safe words shouldn't be used because if you're saying I can do it, I can do it, get out. Um, if a person says that they don't have boundaries, get out. Those are all huge red flags. The problem within this lifestyle has come about due to Hollywood. Okay. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this loud and clear. 50 shades of gray is a piss poor rec uh, representation of the BDSM lifestyle. 
It is piss poor. It is disrespectful. It is dishonoring. There is very minimal communication. There, It's just wrong on so many levels. The problem is, is that the general public saw it. They got caught up in the romanticism of that lifestyle. Not the true BDSM lifestyle, but of the lifestyle that's portrayed. And they think that they understand what BDSM means based on a Hollywood movie and no further research beyond that. It is bad. So what has happened is, is that has migrated into the BDSM lifestyle into a very taboo lifestyle that was very quiet and very under the radar prior to 50 shades of gray. It has migrated into that and has influenced it in the sense of fake doms, fake subs coming into the lifestyle and trying to manipulate people. Now, for those of us who have been in the lifestyle for a long period of time, for those of us who have experience in the lifestyle for a period of time, it's easy to recognize. But if you are new to the lifestyle and you're coming in and you're fresh and you're green to all of it and you come across a dom and you're like, oh, well, that, that person's attractive. We're going to use a male-female example here, female sub, male dom. Just because that's what I'm familiar with within my lifestyle, because I am a I am a male and I am a dom. Um, if a female comes in and they're like, "Oh, he's attractive," I get along with him. I talk with him well. We have this communication that's that's you know superficially good. You know, weather is great. How are how how is your life? How is work? All those kind of conversations, right? Nothing BDSM related. And they get into it and they're like, hey, by the way, I'm I'm new to BDSM or I'm into the BDSM lifestyle or I'm into the kink lifestyle. And that dom is fake. And they come from the mindset of Fifty Shades of Grey or uh, a narcissistic, manipulative, controlling mindset. They're going to take full advantage of that. If you are new to the lifestyle, you need to know those questions to ask. Because if you don't ask those questions... You will end up in trouble. All right. So keep that in mind. You want to be very, 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 very careful. All right. Studies have shown that the practice of BDSM is positive. Like, there's been a number of researchers that have pointed out that personality traits, relationship attachment lifestyles, um, general well-being of individuals who gauge in BDSM are actually, on average, better adjusted than non-BDSM practicing counterparts. And and you may say to me, well, I don't practice BDSM, Josh. That doesn't mean that I'm I'm not adjusted. I'm not saying that, Okay. It is just, they're more well-adjusted and there's a reason for that. And guys, I think we can all agree that in today's world, communication is at a law, uh, an all-time low. People don't communicate properly with each other. BDSM requires that communication. We requires you to talk, requires you to be honest, requires you to be open, requires you to be transparent. So because of that, people that are in the BDSM lifestyle at whatever level they are, keep in mind, if you're getting into the BDSM lifestyle and you're like, hey, I just want to use basic restraints on the bed, some handcuffs, 
a blindfold, and that's it. That's BDSM. That is BDSM. You don't have to go full send and be tied up with ropes and chained up to a St. Andrew's cross and, you know, demeaned and, and, you know, go into masochism or sadism or, or go into edge play or needle play or wax play or any, you don't have to do any of that stuff to be in BDSM lifestyle. BDSM lifestyle is variant to each couple and to each play partner. But those that were in the BDSM group and BDSM lifestyle felt more secure in their relationships. They had an increased sense of well-being. Again, aftercare comes into that. They were more conscientious towards others. Again, very aware of like, hey, what are your limits? What are your boundaries? They were more extroverted. People are open up more. It doesn't mean that you necessarily go to parties all the time and you're talking to everybody, but you're more willing to be open and transparent. You're more open to trying new things. You had a decrease in anxiety and they were less sensitive to others' perceptions because it's like, you know what? I really don't care what you think. This is me. I don't give a shit. But it's also shown that participants of the BDSM lifestyle have actually lowered their stress because you do, like I said before, get that runner's high and you get that, 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 that cortisol level that comes in to, a, um, the dominant role. It's the stress hormone that, that comes into the dominant role itself has been decreased. And it's associated with a, a, a range of health issues like high blood pressure, uh, immunity, insulin resistance, People have shown that that cortisol level in the dom and the sum is dropped because people get that, that true, that you get that high and then you come all the way down from it. You're building up and draining completely. This is why I, I encourage people, you know, like cry. It's okay to cry because it's cleansing. Think about it this way, guys. If you want a really good example of this, when do they tell you to charge your phone or your, your laptop computer or any product? When the dr battery is truly fully drained. Charge it when it's drained because if you don't, then you start damaging the battery. Think about the battery as yourself. When you fully drain it down and then charge it all the way back up, you feel complete, you feel whole, you function better. Same concept. The better relationships. This is a huge thing. And the... And, Researchers have determined that participating in successful, successful, good communication, great quality communication, respect, etc., sadomasochist scenes increase the feelings of connectedness and intimacy because you're opening up. Well, the exact reasons for it are not really clear. They've just shown that doing novel things with romantic partners rather than the same routine over and over and over and over and over again actually brings intimacy. Brain scans of married couples revealed that sharing novel activities triggers the Bane's reward system and floods it with dopamine and other feel-good chemicals. Okay? Keep that in mind. That's the biggest thing. It will help you feel better. You will feel more fulfilled. All right? And again, if you are into vanilla relationship stuff. This is not bashing you by any means, but if you're even into the vanilla stuff and you're like, you know what? I just want vanilla things or whatever. Having the ability to talk to your partner about BDSM, 
about the kink lifestyle, about your fantasies, about those kind of things are going to open things up for you. Married couples, engaged couples, dating couples have found deeper connection with each other because of this, because it is a forced way to cause communication. Remember that it is critical to have that communication before you begin, before you even begin your interests, your boundaries, things that you won't engage in, things that you will engage in. Be slow about it. If you're new to this lifestyle, be slow about it. Light BDSM, slowly starting into it. Just engaging in dirty talk. That's the kink side. Exploring some of those fantasies, role-playing, dressing up, things like that. Set the scene for it. Make it an event. Mood lighting, candles, music, clothing, things like that that help get you in the mood for that play. And again, always, always, always have that safe word. Now, having said all of that, guys, having said all of that, we're going to talk about this for a brief second here because I want you guys to to be aware of this. There are pitfalls that are potentially out there of BDSM. Obviously, risk of injury, not being careful. Watch instructional videos on tying ropes and rigging. Um, Make sure that you're safe using proper toys. Don't buy cheap stuff that's going to break and cause harm. Be careful. Be careful. Don't be unhealthy. Be clean. Don't watch something of the BDSM lifestyle and jump in it. If you haven't done it and jump in it full force, don't go from zero to 100. BDSM is truly about the journey. All right. It's truly about the journey. Enjoy it. Take it slow. Ramp up to it slowly. Go from light play to heavy play. Slowly. Take your time. Be aware of your partner's body language. Be aware of their voice. Be aware of how they're breathing. Be aware of their their facial expressions. Be aware of all those things. And really tune into that person. Really listen to what they're telling you with their body language, with their eyes, with their words, everything. Listen to them. This is why the relationship can be so deep and so intense is because you are pushing yourself to really connect with that other person, whether you're a dom, a sub, or a switch. Be aware of it. Take the BDSM test with your partner. Even if that partner has been in the lifestyle and taken that test a hundred times and you've taken it once, take it again with them. Discuss those things. When you take the test and it gives you all those words within the BDSM test, it's great because they give you a very short, brief description and definition of what those individual um, things mean on your test, like primal and rigor and brat, etc. Um Dive into it further. Take your top five and really dive into it. Really understand what those mean to you as a person. Discuss them with your partner. Discuss them with other people that are in the lifestyle. Go to dungeons. Go to meetups purely for observation reasons, for discussing things. You don't have to go to a dungeon and feel like you've got to jump right in and start playing 
inform the dungeon like hey look i'm very new to this and i'm learning and i want to learn and i want to i want to find things out guys you will find that the true bdsm community the community of of people that want the best for their partners and others that are in this community are very loving they're very kind they're very understanding they're very informative they're very honest and they will communicate with you and answer your questions if a person is not an educator within the community, if they're not somebody who talks about this like I am on a regular basis, they will tell you, hey, look, you know what? I'm not really an educator. I'm more of a participant, um, but I know somebody who is and you want to talk to them. Um, there are people that are out there that educate. There are people that are out there that are participate and there's people out there that, that are very good at doing both. Make sure you team up with them. Make sure you listen to them. Make sure you talk to them. Ask the right questions. Make sure you avoid those red flags. Make sure that you are doing things to protect yourself and keep yourself safe. Again, safe word, safe word, safe word. Aftercare, aftercare, aftercare. Communication, respectful, honest, open communication. And always, always respect your partner. Always. I know there's a lot more to this than what I've just discussed. Guys, this lifestyle is complex. It is deep. Make sure that you research. If you have questions, reach out. Ask people that know about this. Okay? Don't walk into it without asking questions. Don't walk into it going, oh, I'm going to be embarrassed to ask questions. We, we all ask questions. Whether we've been in it for a year or 20 or 30 years, we all ask questions. That's what is so amazing about this community. Thank you for listening to the Time Out with Josh podcast. You guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. That was heavy, and I appreciate you guys. Thank you for subscribing. Click that subscribe button. Go and do it. Um, we will be posting on YouTube soon. We'll be getting those YouTube video um, versions of the podcast up there for those of you who want to watch it. You guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. Sponsorships are always welcome. You guys have a wonderful fucking day.